Shut up and sit down. sound okay. Uh, I had to dial in a different way because my Skype is not working properly. Really annoying over here. Um, so let me know if you have any problems hearing me. Um, my shit's all fucked up over here. I don't even I don't earn my R rating. Anyways, um, it's just, it's crappy over here. It's real crappy. Uh, although my husband did get me um, some sumo uh, suma or uh, whatever you call it, can't uh, mandarins, the big giant mandarins. They're so good. If you've not had a giant mandarin, you need to get one immediately. They're really expensive though, um, so only get one because they're ridiculous. But once you get one, you'll be really mad that you don't have two. So maybe, so maybe, maybe get two because they're awesome. Anyways, <clears throat> I'm gonna put Julie on the line um, so she can help me kind of settle down because I was running around. Um, like a crazy person because my shit wasn't working properly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, anyways. Hello. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to help settle you down because uh, I, I had 20 minutes of the podcast and I got some water and some Advil and my, I have, like, my leg bugging me. And sometimes that comes from um, just sitting too much with my back problems. So, I handle that by hopping on the bike for a couple of minutes, right? The stationary bike. <laughs> so I go mm-hmm. hop on the stationary bike, and I then get all my stuff situated, and I, I how much longer I've got before the podcast starts, so I can set a timer. And I had 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that be- that beautiful art I created, like in 10 seconds? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen anything. Let me go see. Have to see. Uh, you and your uh, uh, collage addiction is glorious. I love PhotoJet. It is my third best friend. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like that. I know. Last 30 seconds. It was like boom, 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 done. <laughs> there we go. We're finished. Yeah, yeah, really good save, but, uh, yeah. Oh, turn that off. But PhotoJet is really, um, really awesome for those of you who don't. Um, It's really easy to use, and they have lots of pictures um, that are royalty-free, so you don't have to worry about getting sued, and it's just, yeah, it is awesome. Um, try the, the, the link shouldn't be expired. People have been using it all day today. So there, um, if, if you're having, not having a problem with the one in the, in the chat, um, sorry, on the writer's table, the invite to discord, um, it, it should, it should be a persistent link, but if you're having a problem with it, just let me know and I can send you another link. Just, just, I know some people were having problems with it last night, but 
everybody today has had no problems with that link. So probably first we should talk about what Discord is um, and then expand out. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people perceive um, Discord as being primarily – I mean, this could just be this. At least, this is the perception of people that I've known, is that it is a a, a chat server, both voice and text, primarily used by gamers. But I think the gamer thing is kind of a legacy um, perception. I think that it's kind of um, branched out quite a bit since when it was primarily used for gaming. Um, But it is, I mean, basically, it's, you know, it's a really robust chat client, uh, not just for text chat, but also for voice chat, which it would make sense if you're gaming and you, want to, and, and you are wanting to talk to people while you game, that it would have to have voice capabilities. We're not planning to make use of the voice, voice capabilities. That is not saying that we couldn't ever if people wanted to have a live, a live chat. It's just I find that with large groups, live chats don't tend to work very well. I can get very chaotic and rude. Yeah. I mean, you, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know a lot of times me and Julie talk over each other, and it's not even on purpose. It's just because of the way it's a very organic brain thing. So imagine multiplying that by, like, 50. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's also, even though we're both, on the phone, there is it's still, we're both still using effectively software telephone clients, Skype mm-hmm. versus my um, whatever, and and that can create a couple second you know uh, maybe, even if it's just a one second delay between what you it's know, enough between us it's enough that you wind up talking over each other, and if you've ever heard three of us on online at one on what time it happens occasionally where three of us are on it can get really hard to understand if we're not really careful. So can you imagine having 20 people talking to each other at one time? Yeah. I mean, and it might work for gaming because you have very specific things you're talking about. Um, but when it comes to talking about writing or, or what you're doing and that kind of thing, it would be really difficult to manage 20 people talking at once. But like I said, it's not to say you couldn't get a buddy onto the voice channel and talk to each other, but it just it's just not really – it's not scalable for a lot of people. Um. So one of the things that's nice about Discord over over for doing something like you know what we're talking about here is that it is um, it's very scalable to having a lot of different types of chats going at once, and you can turn off and on the notifications really simply um, for each chat chat channel by chat channel. So if you only want to get notifications from specific channels, you can mute everybody else. Um, and that way you can have a lot of people working on something together but they're kind of all in their own lane doing what they want to do. And people who just want to talk um, can do that without disturbing people who are doing something else. So it's, it really is scalable for kind of a, a large event and for large groups of people. It also allows us to assign roles in the chat. So, that, you know, like we can um, – like we did, we did the one thing, we assigned a role for one particular thing, just, and it's only to make sure people are acknowledging that, you know, that they understand how this one thing works. 
And if you say, yeah, I got it, I understand how it works, then we'll give you the role and you can go function as the thing. So, and, and that way, instead of having to kick people off the server if they forget the rules, we can just take their role away temporarily. So it, it really does work really well for, um, I think, what we needed it to do. So I think it was a really good fit. Um, Dark Jedi Queen was, I think, the first person to suggest Discord and has a lot of experience using it and doing write-ins on Discord and help do our um, sprint training. So, <clears throat> hmm. Let me go deal with that. Okay. Um, while you're dealing with that, I want to talk about a thing that happened in the writer's table. Um, I am normally pretty much online when I'm awake. Um, and normally when something happens um, in one of the groups that I find egregious, I am on the spot to take care of it. But uh, I uh, I had a migraine and I really wasn't on my game and um, something uh, got said in the writer's table that I really should have dealt with immediately, but my head hurt and I was just like, I, I can't. And um, one of the other mods responded and um, another comment got made. And instead of dealing, instead of getting up and dealing with that person, I'm, I had one of the mods mute them so that I could deal with it later. And uh, they left the group, uh, which was fine because I don't think they were a fit. But I did want to apologize for letting that content even happen. And I haven't even deleted it because I just, I, I've only been awake about an hour, hour and a half. Um, but if somebody says something, I need you to be very careful with with topics in the writer's table and I need you to be very careful about your language and I need you to acknowledge your privilege whether it's privilege because you're white or privilege because you're cisgender these are things I need you to be very conscious of when you are answering questions in the writer's table when you are talking about writing topics as far as gender and um, transgender people go and when you're talking about um, sexuality and orientations I just need you to be very open-minded and aware that your circumstances aren't the norm for everybody else because the last thing I want to create in the group is an environment where um, that kind of toxic ass behavior is acceptable so first I want to apologize for letting it get there and second don't be an asshole just the core of our group you're good people but our group is I am trying to expand our membership so I am accepting people who are not part of our little fandom experience so we do have different people in the group now who might not understand um, how fandom works or um, what our goals are or what your goals are as a fan writer. And if someone makes you uncomfortable, come to me immediately. Um, I need to know. And 
um, I will be much more on guard for that kind of behavior in the future. Because I saw her being a problem, and I let it ride, and I shouldn't have. Because I thought well, that I could I mean, manage her. I, I thought I could kind of smooth her out. Because it's my, it's always my in, my first inclination with a writer to to kind of bring them into the fold and pat down their rough edges, <laughs> comb their hair, straighten their collar. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I think everybody speaks from their from their um, point of view. Um, we can't help it, right? That's that's where that's where you know. But I think I think a lot of people are really good about acknowledging that they recognize that there are other valid points of view. Um, and I think that's what was missing in this in the in the interactions with this person was that there was no acknowledgement in anything she said that she might not have been right. Um, that her opinion was not the opinion. It was very, um, in fact, if, I mean, um, I mean, basically, at one point she basically said that if if you got offended by something she said, you must have misunderstood her. Um, which is very narcissistic. Is, yeah, it's very egocentric to assume that that you can't possibly be offensive, which basically is an assumption of being right. So. Um, and I do think that we generally don't have that problem. I think that most people in the group are um, know. It's not just that they're willing to acknowledge. They know that, that their point of view and their life experience is not what everybody else has. And, and, that's, and that's perfect. That's what we need everybody, to be, need everybody to do is to recognize that not everybody has walked the same road. And um, – I think that I, mean, I definitely think I under, completely understand. It's like let's let's watch this person and try to kind of you know, like coax them into um, being a little bit more open. But I think what I had what I failed to recognize when I first read her comments was that sometimes with somebody who's that set in being right and that convinced that their perspective is right, there's just there's just no patting their hair into place. <laughs> It's it's a sad situation because some people can't be persuaded. Which is unfortunate because I think that that's one of the things a lot of writers are really good at is learning to see other points of view and learning to put their put themselves in somebody else's shoes. I think it's a a very writerly trait um and something we should all aspire to do better at. So I missed some of that because my browser died and I was on a browser call-in. But my Skype is working now, so that's great. <laughs> that's good. So I apologize for what I missed. Um, I wanted to share with you something that I found on Reddit. And it's called The Narcissist Prayer. And it goes like this. A Narcissist Prayer. That didn't happen, and if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, that's not a big deal. And if it is, that's not my fault. And if it was, I didn't mean it. And if I did, you deserved it. We don't want those kinds of personalities in our space. (laughs) Yeah. And I know we've, we've all encountered those, and, and we've all encountered those as a group. Um, I have blocked more than one person 
across our groups for being very self-centric and very um, self-involved and disinterested in the opinions of others. So don't, don't be that person. And also on the for real, don't argue with my mods. If a mod gets out of hand with you, step away and come to me and I'll deal with it. But don't argue with my mods on my group. They're they're there for, to help me. And when I'm not around, they speak for me. So if one of them is being an asshole, you need to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and, of, and, of course, she means, you know, don't argue this in, in, in like a in, – in a, capacity as a moderator as opposed to right you're, you're feel free to disagree with my opinion i don't care but don't if they tell you to stop doing something as a mod you stop doing it <clears throat> i think a lot of times we don't understand our privilege until we come face to face with it you know i remember um, in college, I uh, I honestly I'm sure that I had probably met. I, I grew up I grew up in a very small town ish town, and um, I went to a very small high school. And if there were um, gay people in my high school, they kept that shit to themselves. So the first time I encountered somebody um, in my peer group who was um, gay, I was in college. Um, and when she came out to me, she was so upset during the, the saying it, just getting it out of her mouth, that she cried uncontrollably. And I remember thinking to myself, stand that kind of fear. And I probably never will. Because I am completely average and normal, except for my whole Katie Lang thing. <laughs> Which I think is like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about Katie Lang. She ruins me. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, knew in that moment that I was never going to have that kind of fear. And it was, it was very... Um, <sighs> startling not that she came out because i already knew she was she was a lesbian i was already very much aware of that because she was far more interested in looking at my tits than my face just like every guy that i've ever met (laughs) so i saw that lesbian thing coming from a mile away (laughs) wasn't worried wasn't concerned um and she never hit on me you know she knew you know uh but i wouldn't have been offended if she had but her fear has has stuck with me for going on 23 years. She was so worried, so scared. And it, so yeah, and I, that's the first time I realized that um, my experience as both um, a woman and as a human was um, excessively average. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, that I think I, most people. Go ahead. Are you there? I'm here. I wasn't sure which one of us got lost. Uh, like you said earlier, you, you mentioned something a little while ago um, about coming face-to-face with your privilege. And I think that um, most people will have the opportunity to have that experience at some point in their life, whether it's because you're male and all of a sudden you have the realization of what women go through every day with feeling afraid to be in dark parking lots, um, go to the grocery store by themselves after hours, whatever it is, I mean, and what, or whether it's that you're um, in the United States, whether it's because you're white and you come face-to-face one day with the kind of prejudice, maybe your friends who uh, don't, don't have that same privilege have, um, they, you know, the first time I ran across somebody um, was with a friend who was being openly discriminated against. It sort of stunned me because that had never happened to me in my life for my skin color. So um, we all have these opportunities to come face to face with our privilege, and I think it's what you do with with those opportunities um, that that have the opportunity to help make you a better person and to help really see the privileged position you're in. And, and learn what you can do with that to help other people. Or at least have more empathy for other people's condition when you're, and, and their life experiences. I don't mean, I mean condition in terms of their, their whole living condition. Um, what, their, what their life experience is when you encounter them online. Because I think one of the things particularly that we're lacking in our online interactions with people is empathy for other people's position. Because we don't have to sit and face people and say awful things to them. It's much harder to do when you look somebody in the face and you dismiss them. It's a lot easier to dismiss people online. Yeah, I mean, to dismiss their their pain and their fear and um, their trauma because you're not looking them in the face. Right. You don't have to look in their eyes and see that kind of pain. And um, but anyway, it wasn't a terrible thing that happened in the writer's table. I think it had the ability to go there. Um, it wasn't a good thing, but it wasn't like somebody had a transphobic rant or something. They just had a severely misinformed opinion and shared it like it was fact, and didn't like to be called out about it. And um, somebody got called toxic. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, well, there if was. He had said it to me, I'd have been like, well, "Fuck you!" But I was like, "Really? Of all of us." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that I, and there was the possibility that. I was trying to, you know, leave the door open that I misread what she had said. And so I phrased my challenge to her as, are you aware of how this sounds? And I was basically told I was toxic for saying that, um, that my, my phrasing it. And to me, that's very, that to me, that right there was very, um, a, a hallmark of, like you said, of somebody who's, who's, um, narcissistic, um, so, like, whatever. I'm just not going to fight with you. I'm just going to mute you. 
<laughs> it's only for 24 hours until Kirika feels better and can decide what she wants to do with you. And then she left, which was fine. I mean, really, like you said, I, I didn't feel like she had the kind of empathy that I would want to see in a writer, in a writer's group. Because it doesn't, it doesn't work, especially trying to develop the skill of writing, to have such a narrow-minded view of the world. And it wasn't narrow-minded in the classical sense of narrow-minded, but it was narrow-minded in the sense of my view is the only one that's right, which is its own form of, it doesn't matter how liberal that view is, if that's all you can allow for, then it's narrow-minded. And deeply unfortunate. I cannot stand to have a conversation with somebody who is incapable of changing their mind, who isn't open. I it's it's appalling to be in somebody's presence like that. I <clears throat> Yeah, I will say the person who who had um who was the original poster who had been responded to by this person uh, did really well with not engaging with her. Cause I could practically feel the itching. Like, you know, I really want to tell her off, <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, we appreciate you. We, we appreciate you. Yeah, we and appreciate you. Not no part of that circumstance was, was your fault. You were no. absolutely hundred percent within um, the confines of the group doing your thing. And she just was, completely out of line so <clears throat> well and also I, I will say the original post or something specifically about uh, the original post and I don't want to I don't want to name names or call exactly what was being discussed but in the original post it was somebody kind of challenging their own viewpoint and kind of coming up against their own preconceived notions and that and that the the OP was really willing to discuss that and 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 open it up to have that conversation about their own preconceived ideas. And um, I thought that that was really a valuable discussion. And it's, so it's really hard that one of the things that, um, you know, that one of the responses then was basically a narrow-minded, you know, this is the only way kind of reply. Um, so I really appreciated that the person who, who, who had started that thread just ignored her, basically. Stupid cords. I have cords everywhere. I, I want a wireless life. And that'd be nice. But unfortunately, a wireless life calls for a lot of batteries and <laughs> or a lot or of recharging. Recharging <laughs> or a lot of recharging. Got, yeah. And then you got a cables. Then you have like the cable, you know, the cable station where everything's plugged in, and you go to put things in to recharge. But we're here to talk about um, the write-in and what it is and um, uh, Discord. Um, and so, but I, I just, I wanted to get that off my chest because I felt like it was kind of like um, uh, the little hippo in the room. Fiona came to visit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, there, and there were a couple people hit by her, her drive-by um, opinion. Um, and... It was it was just really great that everybody handled it with a lot of grace because I I could understand how you know any of that would have set people off so
it, you know, just sometimes my desire to mentor, nurture. Yeah, I, that's is that mother hen. Mother hen, maybe. My desire to to bring riders close to me and shape them up <laughs> conflicts with uh, my my innate uh, response to people to kiss my ass. You know, so it's like a. And I've encountered this in real life too. I mean, um, and speaking of real life situations, my very first ride in was um, a uh, real one. Um, it was for um, a National Novel Writing Month, and it was full of pretentious um, people writing the great American novel. And um, I was writing porn. It was great because they went around and they asked, they asked you what you were writing, and you didn't have to say. You could just say, um, "I'm writing a novel, and my goal is." And so a lot, some people did that, and some other, and some just went on and on about their concept. And you know, I'm, I'm writing this, and it's um, it's like. Um, uh, but, you know, and they started comparing themselves to really, really famous writers. Like, it's Nicholas Sparks meets uh, Jane Austen. And I'm like, <laughs> I doubt, seriously, I was able to control the what the fuck on my face the whole time this was going on. <laughs> so it gets to me, and I was already published at that time, um, um, professionally, you know, published on the bookshelves in the bookstores. And um, I said that I was... Um, um, that I had to write a piece I'd sold on spec, and um, uh, and uh, it was um, it was erotica, and um, they were like sold on spec, and that's when it came out that I was a published writer, and I was the only one in the room, and um, it's incidentally where I met sci-fi writer, um, and he was sitting across from me, and he was. Um, uh, his 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 hero is um Isaac Asimov loves him mm-hmm. uh, so he was uh kind of you know talking about him and all that stuff and he says wait you're writing porn can i read it and i was like <laughs> we're going to be friends aren't we <laughs> let me hook you up baby And this one lady was writing um, inspiration, and she questioned whether or not I should even be there because I was writing such adult content. And um, sci-fi writer said, well, considering she's the only one of us who is published, I'd very much like her to stay because I want to know everything she knows. So if you don't care to be around her, you can go. (laughs) Yeah. And she left. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> sorry. It's not like, like no, don't worry about to, it. It's not like you were inviting them to read your stuff. Right. I wasn't saying I mean, here, read my porn. I wasn't out reading it out loud or anything. In fact, I'm allergic to reading my work out loud. It, it horrifies me. It makes me look at my work in a different way, that's for sure. By the way, I just have to say this before I forget. You posted something in the writer's table the other day 
I can't remember the last time a gift made me blush. I was reading that article about what was it like how to talk like a boss or something like that. I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that gift with the sweatpants, I don't even know, man. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> I suddenly thought I'm not old enough to be here. <laughs> it's a great article. I really enjoyed reading it, and not just from a porn point of view because it was hot, but also because it gave me some insight into, um, well, uh, a man's point of view. And when you're writing gay sex, that's super important. Super important. And it's it was it was really good. I just that one gift. I was like, oh my god. Mind you, it probably didn't help that I was I, – I, most of the gifts are pretty tame except for that one. And so right. I wasn't thinking about the fact that I'm sitting next to my dad. Um, oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, don't look. <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, is there a pause on these gifts? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to find the article so I can give it um, – it go? It was in writer's table, right? Yeah, put it down. Right. You might have you might have shared it elsewhere too. I don't know, but it, that's where I picked it up. No, no, no. It's, it's how to top like a stud, and it's on the Daily Grind. They also have one called, and I have not read it yet, so I have not um, uh, posted it in the writers table. Called how to bottom like a porn star. I'm looking forward to reading it too. <laughs> <laughs> I just have I just had a migraine and didn't have time to read it. So for those of you who are in the chat room, um, I'm giving you the link. Um, so you can go watch the um, uh, and the, the and the gift that I one two three four. It's the fifth one down. It's the, the gray sweatpants. It's just like I don't know why that one just hit me in just this kind of like a holy crap kind of way. Like I it, I feel all flustered. <laughs> I also appreciate that throughout the article, they give you links to equipment that you might need. (laughs) Here's a coupon for lube. (laughs) Here's this prostate stimulator. Here you go. I don't know why. What are they? The 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 name of the prostate stimulator really threw me because I thought they were talking about a person. Oh right, the rude boy. I was like, what's rude about it? (laughs) I'd be like. There's nothing rude about what's going on back there. That's nice. <laughs> then there was that one part that really tickled me, and I was like, that is great. Just just get it out there. Um, hold on, let me find it. Um, Okay, step 19. Now you're ready. Go ahead and eat him out for about 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, look, get it out there. Now you're ready, but stop for 15 minutes. <laughs> I especially like that they put a time on it. <laughs> Not like one minute, 15 minutes. <laughs> it's great. Doesn't your, doesn't your tongue get tired? <laughs> or you can skip to the next step. I like that they give you options. 
But I really appreciate the article. It was it was not only entertaining and sexy, but it was also informative. And so I really appreciated it, and that's why I shared it in the group. Because sharing is caring. <laughs> yeah. And it was big. <laughs> 15 minutes. Now we know that's the appropriate time to be eaten out. So if someone eats you out for less than 15 minutes, you'd tell them about themselves. <laughs> but they're not, not acceptable play. behavior. <laughs> this is just not what I signed like, up for. There's lots of timings, right? There's lots of timings, right, in the, like, the 20 to 30 second thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope no one at school saw it. Wait, college, right? <laughs> please yeah, say please college. college. Lie to me. So, so say college. <laughs> anyway. Um. <clears throat> Um, anyways, so yeah, that was my first experience with a ride-in. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, God, that's worse, actually, well, for you, but it's better oh. for me because you're an adult. <laughs> oh, no. No, my first experience with a ride-in. Read whatever I post very carefully before you click on it. Yeah. obviously I can't even kind of link. <laughs> But come on, the title is How to Pop Like a Stud. A Penetrating Guide to Gay Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So my first write-in was also a nano write-in. And uh, I I don't think I've ever enjoyed an in-person write-in. Um. There's a little bit, too, I think part of it is because I was going to go to, I, I, sometimes I get stuff done, but I do it sometimes feeling like I am going against the will of the group. Um, I mean, it's called a write-in, right? <laughs> Not a chat-in. So, uh, so I was going, thinking I was going to get out of the house and get some writing done, and that's not what happened. Or, or rather, I made it happen, but that was the first one I went to. But also, there was the whole judginess about fan fiction thing that, is really pervasive with nano groups. Um, in a big urban area, you might be able to get a write-in going on. An area has got a lot of nano participants. You might be able to get a write-in going on that's just for fan fiction writers, um, or you could even create a write-in that says it's fan fiction friendly to try to let people know don't come here with your judgy, you know, indicators of judgment on about this because we don't want to hear it. But anyway, so I did try that my local write-in. Um, here, because uh, I moved, so I'm in a different area. And I thought I'll try it because this area up here, they do they do a lot of uh, nano stuff up here. It's probably because it rains all the time in the winter. Um, it's no November; they don't have anything else to do. Um, and it was it was it was they were a more I think they were a better group. I left pretty quickly because um, this group is really into photographing their exploits and posting them on Facebook and. I actually don't care who it is. I don't like people taking my photographs um, without my permission or my awareness, it's a, it's right? It's very Especially, Eva, invasive. 
Right, especially if they're going to post it somewhere. So it's not like I mean, even my family doesn't do that. They they know to to you know to check with me before they take pictures of me, and to let me know where they're going to post them. So I've just always been really, especially you know, once people started posting their pictures on the internet, I've always been very sensitive to people taking my picture and posting it. Um, so it, it just made me really uncomfortable that I couldn't ever tell where the cameras were coming from. And when I would say, "Please don't take my photograph." I was treated like I was being hysterical or something or unreasonable. So I just took off. I was like, I'm not putting up with this crap. There will be no photographing. Um, and so the, I, I should I looked back through some of their like prior events, and there's like these big photo montages of all of these events. And I was like, are you guys there to write? Or is this a photography, like a shoot-in? Or is this a write-in? What I learned about my local RT, my, my, my local nano groups is that they use write-ins to socialize. Um, they, uh, uh, well, there's two kinds of write-ins. There's the write-ins that take place at coffee shops, and they're for writing. And then there's the ones that take place in um, this uh, this kind of bar slash pub where um, they they start like a hundred kinds of beer and you can get a beer sampler and that's not for writing. <laughs> they call it a writing, no. but when you can get a beer sampler, you're not there to write. <laughs> you bring your computer bag. <laughs> It may or may not come out if you want to show somebody pictures of your writing <laughs> or your writing itself. But when you can buy when, when you can buy a sample or a beer, you're not going to be writing. But I think a no. lot of times people use nano to connect with other writers, and so because writing is a very um, solitary endeavor, and uh, there is honestly, for me, nothing more exciting than connecting with another writer um, and talking with them about my craft and just really, you know, talking about the things that I love and the things that I hate and the things that I'm doing. It's just really inspiring. So when you're in a group of 20 or 30 people, it is really hard not to engage them. Mm-hmm. And I think I would expect some level of socialization in a write-in to some degree. Um, it just it depends upon. I mean, but some groups are also very okay. We've, you know, we, we've had our we've had our chat time. Everybody's get to work. Um, and sometimes people will break away from a group and they'll go stand over by the counter and they'll chat for a little while and then get back to it. Because honestly, I do think it, it is product. It is for it. It is good for your productivity to take breaks. It's hard for me to actually do it, but it is good for your productivity to stop. Um, I will say we have one person who is facilitating a write-in at her local library, and she just mentioned in chat that it, her first one was last night and that it went really well. I, I will say that's a different classification of write-in. If you're going to write in at a library, I promise you you're going to write <laughs> because you're yeah. not going there to socialize. Even, even typically, even libraries that are giving you a private room or something—that's that's like the hardcore write-ins are meeting at the library. <laughs> like we don't need no stinking snacks. <laughs> Samples of your work? No, that sounds like you're being 
having to get samples of your work to get into a write-in or something, that sounds like a little bit too much like you're being screened. Well, the one that – there's a local group that um, that I don't belong to that I've been invited to several times because um, in the range of writers in my area, I'm not unknown. Um, between doing, you know, stuff at the university and stuff like that. So I'm people are aware of me. And I've been invited to this group several times. Um, and I always say no because one of the things that they do, and it's not about screening, it's about – it's it's their critique process. Um, you bring a sample of your work between whatever you're working on between a thousand and two thousand words, and then you have to read it out loud in front of the group. And when I told the person who runs the group that I thought that was appalling, <laughs> that was like exact words. I said, "Oh my God, that's appalling." She said, "You're published. Why are you ashamed of your work?" I said, "I'm not ashamed of my work." I'm just absolutely 100% allergic to reading it out loud. I could never do my own audiobook. It makes me nauseous. I could throw up. Well, to me, it's not that would be that would not be good. I, I would have an easier time than that with that. Then I don't go. I wouldn't go to a write-in to invite a bunch of strangers to critique me. If there's going to be a stranger critiquing me, it's going to be like my publisher or my editor, <laughs> not some rando that I just met in a coffee shop. Oh, well, these, this is actually a work group, not a writing group. Um, oh, okay. I, um, um, I don't actually have a – well, unless you count those times that I show up at the cafe and me and Sci-Fi Writer take turns um, see who can write the fastest. <laughs> And I always write. I'm going to call it a write-in. He's a touch typist. He's a touch. So I'm always going to beat him, um, unless I'm just completely uninspired. Aren't you both touch typists? You'd be slower. Oh, no, if you I mean a he's touch a typist. He's, he's a hunt and pecker. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's what I meant. He's a very fast hunt and peck because he's been writing for a very long time. I would say his word count is probably 80 words a minute. Hunt and peck? Really? Wow. Well, he's probably That's impressive. kind of on the cusp of a touch typist. He he never had any formal training, so he trained himself, so his form is terrible. Um, but I think that just because of muscle memory, he's developed his own, you know what I mean? Yeah. His own style of typing it's not any kind of formal it's not what i would call touch typing um but i don't actually need letters on my keyboard to type you know i like them but i don't need them <laughs> i just need the home i just need the little divots for the home keys because if i'm not looking right I need to be able to feel where i can touch my i had a keyboard once that didn't have those really i was like what the Weird. what the fuck is this shit that's what every keyboard has right um, and there were all these reviews for it. It was like, well, how can there be no like little 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 groove on the home keys? And um, there was they, they they respond to their views that that's what the letters are on the keys for. It was like, oh no, <laughs> no, idiots, no. Um, yeah, I the only time I I I, I got pretty good at hunt and peck when I I had tendonitis in both thumbs at the same. Same fucking time. And so the splints they put you in don't really allow you to use your thumbs. So I've got – it's surprisingly difficult to touch type. 
um, without thumbs. You, you think you're oh, going to be okay I, until I you try. I it would be a difficult. You think I you're going to be okay until you can't do it. <laughs> then, and then you're like, uh, both thumbs and so I, <laughs> both, both thumbs and splints. It was like, this isn't working for me. And I had to work through this because they didn't consider it a, um, a viable reason to give me any time off work. You know, some tendonitis is not something you get out of work for. But I think there should have been some minor consideration that it was both thumbs. Because I was, I was, I mean, I had to type all day long. So, yeah, I had to hunt. Hunt and peck became the way to go. I was like a four-finger hunt and pecker because I couldn't use normal, you know, the normal form because my thumbs were, the thumb splints were crashing into each other and it was, it was a hot mess. I'm kind of terrified of the idea. Um I'm supposed to have surgery on my hand if I can't get it fixed with physical therapy. I, I'm not on board with this. I'm, I'm really not. <clears throat> That's when I first used Dragon ever was when I had the double thumb tendonitis. But Me one and Dragon don't get along them. because of my accent. Dragon, um, you have to spend a lot of time training Dragon um, if you've got an accent. So, which, you know, that's just so tedious. Sitting there reading Shakespeare to Dragon, it's just like, I hate this. Okay, so right in. Um, so I have not had a particularly good experience with um, in-person writing, but the thing is I saw the potential of it. You know, you have just enough of a good experience with it that I can see the potential. Because there is something about being with a bunch of people who are all doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, and it kind of helps. It's like snowball motivation, right? And when somebody's motivation um, kind of falters, you've got the other rest of the group to help pull you along. Um And so that's why I got to thinking about the kind of, and I know people do online write-ins. I don't, I haven't, I've sort of participated in them. Um, they, I wouldn't really call them a proper write-in, like what, but like what I've read about. They were more like these long marathon writes where you were trying to, you know, get so many thousand words. Um, we did one. I think the one I did was four hours or something. Maybe it was eight. I don't remember. It was. I have to go back and look, but it was a really long stretch where you were writing online the whole time, and I mean literally online the whole time. Uh, and then a friend of mine did one that was a 36-hour stretch, um, and the goal was to write a novel in 36 hours. I she asked me if I wanted to sign up, and I was like, mm, no, <laughs> but I will bring you snacks. <laughs> And I will bring you water, but I will not. Uh, I will not do that to myself. Because I think that the person who did the most got close to fifty thousand words in thirty-six hours. The problem I is that got it's a actually, friend who did the first day of Nano and completed Nano. I watched him do really, it. That's really not very good for you, honestly, because no. it can be. When I when I type more than when I write more than about twelve to fourteen thousand words in a single day, I can't see by the end of it. My vision is blurry, um, my eyes are fatigued. Uh, it's just it's it's just too difficult. I've I've been sitting too much. My body hurts. I just if it, if it works for you, do it. It's just I would never encourage encourage people to do that personally because I I just don't think it's good. What for about? You. 
I wrote about 5K today before I took my epic nap. My pool still. Man down. Shit fell. Anyways, I wrote about 5K, and um, I was blurry by the end of it. I was in a groove, though, so it just kind of flowed. Yeah, sometimes you do get in a really good groove, and it just kind of comes out. And then when you go to stand up, you're like, oh, my, hold my body stiff, and my hands are turning to claws. And Because um, it's pretty – I don't have a problem writing a 5K in a day. Writing a 5K in a, a single sit-down is – it's hard on you. It's hard on you physically. So, um I mean, to everybody who, if that's the kind of thing that works for you, great. But I do know for, for myself and for my, my physical being and for my body, and my eyes, my eyes, my body, the whole thing is that I do better if I take frequent breaks. So it, it does feel like I might lose the groove. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to try the write-in, was to do, um, to kind of give people a place to come back to. Like, okay, I need to take a break. You know, I'm going to go let my eyes rest. I'm going to have some lunch. And there's an event going on that kind of pulls you back and gets you writing again. So um, I thought we could try it, see if it works out. And I know a lot of people said they have experience with doing these in other places and that it's worked well for them in the past. So that's how we got going on this. Down this path. Um, my local nano group also does um, virtual write-ins. Those are 1,000% more um, <clears throat> productive. <laughs> yeah. And they do written, they, 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 they do 30-minute writing sprints. I think 20 is actually better because um, it, it lets you do it on the hour, you know, and on the half hour, and then you have your break in, in the middle of it, and I that's probably a really good schedule. Um but what I would say is that during the sprint, if you hit a groove and you're really inspired, don't feel like you have to stop when the call goes. Yeah. Don't don't Just, don't fuck up your own groove to adhere to the group setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you really don't think that you can take a ten minute break right there, then just just Keep doing it. Keep going. Do what you're doing. Ignore everything. And when you're ready for a break, you can either pick up with sprinting again, or you could check into the open right chat. You should do what what works for you. Some people just need to kind of get it. Like they need that, like that time thing. It kind of is like like positive tension to kind of keep them going, and then they get a break, and then you do it again. And it's kind of like exercising a muscle. But, yeah, if I was in a really good groove or something, um, I would keep going. A little over 5K today. Just um, I got inspired for, for an old plot that I, that I picked up. And I was like, oh, God, this is not good. Because um, I'm, you know, I, I need to be prepping for April, but I'm writing this instead. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, April. I'm if I don't get the story that I'm thinking about doing, 
edited and posted, I might be going to my backup choice for April because <laughs> that's just the way it would have to be. Well, I'm currently available for beta. Well, well, I need to edit it first. <laughs> I need to edit it first. Oh. I, I just, it's just, it's the month of February is crap. I, well, January is crap because I was sick, and February is just crap from a schedule perspective. So, March will be better, but by then I'm gonna have so much heaped onto March that so it's gonna be just ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I might wind it because I am ill prepared for e- Evil Author Day tomorrow. Um, I haven't looked through anything yet. I haven't, I like, done nothing. So if I'm ill prepared, if I'm not ready by the end of the day, I picked out two, but I haven't read through either one of them. So it's, um, I would at least like to read them, um, before I post them. (laughs) Make sure I don't, like, horribly embarrass myself. Um, so, yeah. So I might be posting on Sunday if I... If I don't get my shit together tomorrow. No, no. EAD is whatever you want to share, whatever you want to post. Um, For those of you who don't know what EAD is, it stands for Evil Author Day. And tomorrow is International Fan Works Day. That's our holiday. And um, in 2011... I started celebrating it by posting excerpts of shit that may never get finished, and I call it Evil Author Day. <laughs> well, it could also be Fanfic Cocktease Day, so, but either, either way. <laughs> I have finished a lot of my Evil Author Day stuff. I have. Um, but there are some things that I'm like, I stick up there to kind of like encourage myself to finish them. It doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes it just becomes like a, well, it's already got a home. <laughs> um, it's there. Yeah. Some things I have because they're there, it's sort of like, um, it, it can be both motivational and also some for some other projects, it's like the opposite of that, so... But the thing is, the nice thing about it is, is unlike putting a work in progress up on my site where I'm going to get bugged about it, it's it's like this, it's like because it's in a separate space that has really clear guidelines about that this is what this is, and you just have to, if you're going to read it, it's read at your own risk. Um, I haven't really gotten bugged about anything on no. EAD yet. No, no, me neither. People don't bother me about that, so. I do have some some first episodes of stuff that are on EAD that are like finished episodes. It's just I haven't um, moved them off EAD because I wanted to have time to focus on the series before I started posting it to my own site. So I have two, I think. Like two, two of the EAD things are actually completed first episodes, but... Uh, oh, yeah, it's already EAD for some people. For some of our peeps, it's already well into tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we already have one person who's posted a link in the um, in the Rough Trade thread for EAD if you want to go read. After the podcast, pay attention to me, bitches. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, don't run off yet. <laughs> but, um, uh, 
you know, writing sprints, um, it's either a love or a hate. And you're you're either going to in love the environment or you're going to hate the environment. But what I would say is that when you're on Discord and you're in the sprint channel, you need to pay attention to the rules because one of the things that the sprint channel will do is for people who are writing to have their headphones on, um, when the mod calls time, it'll be because they hear the little ding of the chat notification. So you can't be chatty in the Sprint channel. Um, and we're, we're, I think we're fixing that so that they can't be chatty. Yeah, well, sort of. What we did was we, um, um, if you want to Sprint, you have to come to the Sprint check-in channel and say that you understand the no chatting rule while the Sprint is in process because there is some chatting between Sprints to talk about, you know, the Sprint. Uh, and that if you do, we then add you to a role um, and when you're in the role, only the people who have that role are allowed to talk in the Sprint channel. So the only way, the reason we did that was because the only way to stop someone who was being disruptive without doing that would be to kick them off the server entirely because I can't just kick somebody off of one channel. But if we give people a role in order to chat, all a moderator has to do is take them, remove their role and they'll be able to chat anymore in that channel. But they can still so, see the channel and still participate in the sprint. It's just like putting you in the corner. <laughs> yes, we'd be putting you in the corner. Um, we take the rollway, and which we, we felt like was less, um, we did it that way because we felt like it was less um, painful for the moderators and for the people participating um, to have a, have their role taken away and not be able to to. to send messages in chat than to get kicked off the server entirely. And mistakes um, happen. Yeah. But so, just, and you can get your you can get your chat privileges back. It's just you'll have to go back to the check in chat and talk to the moderator and explain, you know, what happened and they'll add you back in. But if you keep doing it, eventually they're not gonna let you back into the the sprinting group anymore. You can come watch and participate as a spectator, but you won't be able to actually speak in that in that channel. So that's one of the things, one of the reasons why Discord is really powerful for this kind of thing is we can say um, different roles, create different roles for people in different roles. And if you want to be a sprinter, our, that group is called the Cheetah Group. And um, although I don't think there's any way for anybody to see that they're a cheetah. It's just you're a cheetah. There you go. Now you know. And what we can do is <laughs> Each channel can give different access to different roles. So cheetahs have full um, conversational ability in the sprinting channel. Um, nobody else does. Everybody else can read, but they can't actually send messages. They can't send emojis. They can't send text-to-speech. They can only read messages. And, and so that's how we were trying to control the environment so that people weren't getting disruptions. Now, there's going to be mistakes. And like I said, we felt like doing the role thing was less um, intrusive. It was it was less harsh than kicking people off the server because kicking just means you get kicked off the server. You have to get an invite to come back. But it's still, it, I imagine it wouldn't feel good if it was just because you had made a mistake. So this is the way we chose to handle it was to assign this role that a moderator could very quickly take away if there was a, an error and then you guys could talk about it when the sprint was over. So um, so Discord's really powerful in that regard. It would be really hard to run uninterrupted sprints in 
messenger. I think that would be a hot mess. Everybody would have to run their own timers. <laughs> yeah, and and that would be difficult um, as far as, like, keeping everybody on the same schedule. But um, I would say there's some people uh, – some people may try the sprinting. Try it two or three times. If you think you're interested, don't let your first experience with your first sprint you do – be the determining factor because um, you, I had I have habits that I had to work to, to shake off in order to sprint well. And one of them is like micro-editing myself because if you're sprinting, you don't have time to go back. You don't have time to stop and look something up. You just are supposed to be just writing. That's the point. It's just write. And um, it, I think it was actually for me because I do tend to like micro edit, like go back and tweak a, the phrasing in the prior paragraph or, you know, restructure something on the fly. That really slows down my productivity in terms of getting like a rough draft done. And I think the sprinting for me was really powerful in helping me shake that off and stop doing it and just let the mistake sit there on the page and keep going. Um, well, one of the goals I came into a rough trade was to break people from micro editing um, during their, their writing process because it does slow you down. It is a very hard habit to break, but sprinting is the, the, I'm better at it now, but I'm better, better from years doing rough trade. I'm better than I used to be about micro editing. I still micro edit the fuck out of action scenes, but I'm better than I used to be, but I still, I don't think I realize how much I still do it. Um, until we did the sprint training. And I went, okay, I'm still doing this a lot. And my word count came close. It went from a just um, – I'd done a trial sprint with myself for 20 minutes, and I got like 400 words. And I think I did 500 in our first training sprint. And I was like at 750 by our last training sprint. Um, just getting – it, just just learning how to just let the words go. Now – I also had had a little bit of a block in one of the stories I was working on, and I had thought maybe I should shift projects, um, but I just let it go and tried to go ahead and work with the project that I needed to be working on in the in the training sprint. And I wrote, not it wasn't like I made this decision, but I was going so fast that I didn't have time to stop and question my decision to write this original character out. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and do a significant edit to get this OC handled differently. But the original character was what really was a problem, and it really was my block in that story was that I had put a lot of word and investment into an original character that wasn't going to ever go anywhere, and it was better to take them out. So um, I didn't even realize that I had fixed my own problem until I got done. I go, why didn't I write that OC? I've been writing them all along, and I went, oh, maybe they don't need to be there. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it solved the problem, but it may have got some extra editing to do, but, you know, that was fine. The first time I started sprinting um, in, the, in, in the virtual write-ins, I um, had a hard time following the rules. <laughs> Because he would be like, "Okay, you have to stop." I'm like, "No, I don't want to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm in a spot. I'm, I don't want to stop." <laughs> but I, 
I adopted to the rhythm that they had. I adapted. Adopted. I adapted to the rhythm of of the sprinting that they had because um, it did make me more productive uh, because I was getting up and I was getting something to drink and taking a pee break or, you know, or whatever. Um, And this is before I had um, a pet. Now my dog is my built-in break maker because I don't get to sit on my butt for more than 30 or 40 minutes before he's like, hey, dude, hey, dude. Hey, dude, and then I've got 45 pounds of Siberian Husky in my lap. (laughs) I'm tired of you writing. (laughs) It is my turn. (laughs) Because he does think he's a lap dog. Which is really weird because my other Siberian Husky wasn't like that. He he was very inclined to his own space. Um, And he... Kind of like a cat. He, he he liked to be pet on his own terms. You could pet him on his head and his ears for like 32 seconds, and then he was done. <laughs> like, but up now. He, he's got Asperger's. He's like all in my lap face. Dog. <laughs> he does want to be a lap dog. He does want to be a lap dog. Um, and he succeeds more often than not. If you ever had 45 pounds of really excited Siberian Husky in your lap, it's not good. He hooks one arm around my neck and acts like he's a baby. (laughs) He wants to be cradled like a baby. It's like, you are no baby. Get off. He is very warm. He he is very warm. He's very um very willing to share his body heat with you as well. So there is that. Sometimes he lays on my feet and that's really awesome because my feet get cold and they hurt. <laughs> I just tuck my feet up under him. <laughs> but currently he's outside singing the song of his people. And aggravating the neighbors. Do. As you do. Yeah. But I do think getting up and moving around when you're riding is is good for you, both physically and mentally. Um, it keeps you um, keeps you your mind active. What's that thing you said about um, about momentum? Once you start doing something, it's easier to do other things. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, about uh, are you talking about um, action precedes motivation? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you do, if you do it, you will do it more. Um, I think that that's one of those things of where, and, and that's why sometimes the structure of something like a write-in can help people get to the do it part, because I think a lot of times people seek inspiration before they take action, and um, action precedes your motivation usually. You know, you, you, the more you do, the more you will want to do. This is the same principle with exercising that people talk about. Not everybody's really into that particular form of inspiration or motivation or action. But, you know, whatever it is you do that you enjoy doing, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. So um, if you're waiting for motivation to strike you, a lot of times you just need to do the thing and the motivation will come.
Um, one now, one of the ways I handled the sprint training was when we would when they would call the stop in the sprints, um, I would do my word count and then go finish the sentence or the paragraph or whatever before the rest of the break, you know. And that usually doesn't take me but a minute or so. But I don't sabotage yourself by like leaving yourself mid sentence because the sprint is over, you know finish the sprint, and then go back and finish your sentence, unless you just want to keep writing and forget the whole sprint thing from there on. But if you're trying to stick with the, with the sprint, um, that would be my recommendation is go and close it out. And then while it's still in your brain, at least finish your sentence because I can't tell you how much lately I've been walking away from my writing in the middle of a sentence and I get back and go, what the fuck was I saying? I have no idea what that was even going. I should have had that, that sentence right over. Yeah, I should have finished that sentence before I got it up. Clearly, I had some idea of what gone. to say next, but now I don't know what that was. It's totally gone now. Yeah, it's disturbing. So don't, you know, I wouldn't leave yourself like, you know, leave it hanging like that. Even if you're just going to take a 10-minute break, just go back real quick, finish your thought. Um, I, one of the things I did um, is I was working at the, in, in the, my current file, um, and then I was having to go and get a calculator and calculate my delta, you know, between what I had written and what was there before. That was just, no. Um, I recommend just working a clean file and then copy and paste what you've written into your master document. It will save you some headache. Um, regardless, of, it doesn't matter what, what you use, whether you use Word or whether you use Pages or whether you use Google, um, Google's, Google whatever. Google Drive, um, whatever it is you use, um, you can, you know, write, have two tabs open if you're using Google, one with your master document and one with your blank file you're using for your write-in. And every time you finish a section, just copy and paste it over to your master file and save often. We don't want any data losses as your memento for the Doing that fresh file will also keep you from going back to micro-edit. Because you won't have anything to go back to without moving to your other file. If you're unsure about writing on a current project in the sprint, if you feel like it would be too much pressure, um, you might try picking out some prompts from the rough trade um, thread or the visual prompts and have them ready for when you're going to try sprinting and do little short prompts like that. Um, do the 500 word or the 2000 word prompts. That way um, you don't have the stress of messing up something that you're currently working on because some writers, um, if they mess up something or write themselves into a hole or into a corner, it fucks them up. And you can easily do that in a write-in if you're a pantser. So <laughs> if you're a pantser and you're worried about it, pick out some prompts so that when you try sprinting and you'll see what your, what your brain does when you're sprinting. Because you don't know how you're going to react to it until you actually do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? And also, it makes perfect sense to me because um, I would actually – from the way I write, I would have a harder time starting a fresh project than picking up something I was already working on. 
Um, just because I have sometimes when, when I'm starting something, a lot of times I just sit there and stare at the page for like a half an hour. So, I mean, maybe sprinting would be a good way for me to work past that particular block. I don't know, but it's, I, I, I tend to do better with something I'm already working on. Um, but know, know what kind of writer you are. And also, if you're the kind of person who doesn't back up and back up well, you don't like throwing away words, be very careful what you pick. Because I don't have any problem with going, well, that was a bad direction and backing up and doing it again. I don't, I've thrown out 40,000 words in a story before. I, don't, I can't say I like it, but I would do it without hesitation if I thought it was the right thing to do. Some people would, they can't deal with it. They cannot deal with backing up. So it, it's part of knowing what kind of writer you are, what your, what your style is, and figuring out the, the type of sprint is good for you, what, what kind of project you should be working on, or maybe sprinting isn't for you at all. So just try things. You know, writing is always about trying things. And then... Um, and the sprinting isn't for you. There are other channels on our our discord that are just for general writing. So don't feel like sprint is your only choice. No, we have an open, right? Where you can just come and say, Hey, I'm here. Moderators will come by and try to be encouraging periodically, but try to keep the chat lower, keep it writing focused, but you know, you're there to write. So we're not going to besiege you with chat, but just check in with you periodically, see how you're doing, remind you to drink and take, you know, eat, you know, Um, and then, we, we're not we're not setting it up yet for Saturday, but we we might, and it's certainly an idea for the future. Is we might specifically do a channel for go pick a Thursday vignette and get in here and write, because those are all very short prompts. Or go pick a prompt from the rough trade and get over here and do it, um, or come in here and write. Shit, it's Thursday, we isn't might... it? Fuck me. Huh? Yeah, it's Thursday. Fuck me! I forgot to put the the prompt up. <laughs> Um, I have a beautiful one. Ignore me. Just go on. We're just gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna write. We're starting off with basically the two, the two options, which is sprinting or just the open write, which is and and there there are gonna be other. You could also come in to brainstorm, if you want to brainstorm rather than um, like brainstorm an idea rather than write on anything. You could come in and do that. You could come in to help people brainstorm. So there's channels for different things, and we'll kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work as we experiment with this. Uh, but just try what works best for you. And what works best may change depending on what you're working on. You might do great sprinting as you're working on your novel, but maybe working on a short story or one of the prompts, you, you'd do better in a, in a different channel. So try things out. See what works. You can give us some feedback um, about what you thought, what you liked. Um, that's about voice chat if people want to do voice chats I mean I, you can I'll just you know we would need to kind of we're not planning anything specifically formal for voice chats because a bunch of people writing together um, it, it, it's probably counterproductive to productivity to write together with voice chat enabled but if people want to actually do some voice, like talk to each other, yeah, go for it. I don't care. There's a there's a general chat channel. Go in there and talk. Um, 
I just don't think it's really. Oh no, there have been times be. when me and Lady Holder have been on the phone six, seven hours writing. <laughs> but that's two people. That's yeah, two it is. People. Yeah. That's not. That's not twenty. And late, you know, and I. The thing is, I've got a mechanical keyboard. Lady Holder has a mechanical keyboard. That could get really, really like clack, 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 clack. It's like what in the world? Is- yeah, her 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 loud ass keyboard is really distracting now. The the mechanical one. She didn't always have that mechanical one. I don't think. Or my hearing is getting more sensitive as I age. <laughs> then my hearing is getting more sensitive as I age, which is entirely. That could be. But yeah, it can. I, I mean, you can sit in a room with somebody and talk, and occasionally say something and write and be super productive. But that's kind of for me like a one or two people kind of thing, maybe three, three, maybe four. When you start getting into twenty people, vote, you know, on a on a voice channel together. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just posted the Thursday vignette. Um, writing prompt for those of you who are not inspired by visual prompts what i would suggest is if you want to participate in the thursday or the monthly drabble um is to look at the picture and write down a series of words that you think when you see it and then use one of those words as your prompt that's yeah that's great That picture on the left, my first word that popped into my head was ass rock. That's probably not. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that rock yeah, you look like a butt? You the giant alien and go right to the ass rock. Only you. Not well, really. Say, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, sure I'm, I'm, an, I, I'm an ass person, and that rock, and I see asses everywhere, and that rock looks like a giant butt. <laughs> Mechanical keyboards, um, question about what mechanical keyboards are. Um, there are two types of keyboards, membrane and mechanical. Most laptops have membrane keyboards, so if, and most, most keyboards these days are membrane. Um, if you use keyboards like way back when it was mechanical, when they click, 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 they're clacky. But not all, not all mechanical switches are clacky. So that it, clacky is not the thing. But membrane, there's a thin membrane that you're basically doing a – when you when you press the key, it's activating um, these pressure points on on the membrane. With a mechanical keyboard, there's an actual switch for every key that has to be completely activated to um, register the the letter. And there's various levels of firmness and and and. So that's, that would be how tactile the key is, is how firm it is, and various levels of, of how audible they are. Some click when you activate the key, and some um, make no sound at all, although you might get some sound from the depression of the the key itself because it, it is a deeper press. Um, I switched – I've been using mecha- – I use I mechanical keyboards when I, when I – obviously when I first started on the computer because – I first got my first computer when I was 12, um, so that would be 1985. I did some math there <laughs> on the fly without a calculator. Congratulations! <laughs> I I am impressed. I can add I can add um, 12 to 73, 
Anyway, um, so in 85, I got my first computer, and they, oh, that was the only kind of keyboard we had back then were mechanical keyboards. And they used to call them, what they called them, I think they called them the IBM keyboards, those big, heavy things. Um, and yeah. Then once, membrane, once membrane keyboards and we had actual real laptops came out, I've been using um, membrane keyboards ever since. But when I have a long writing day, which is more than about six or 7,000 words, I always, my hands hurt. They always hurt. And my key, my fingers sometimes will feel numb. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and she said, well, I don't know why you're not using mechanical keyboard. And I was like, well, some of those mechanical keyboards, you need more actuation pressure to depress those keys than you do with, with a membrane keyboard. And she said, you just need to try it. I tried about six or seven of them, I guess. They were all better from a finger fatigue perspective. They were every single one I tried was better than a membrane keyboard. Every single one. I didn't necessarily like the feel of all of them, but for me, and also I'm much more precise. My accuracy went way up on a mechanical keyboard because the tactile nature of a mechanical keyboard gives you confirmation that you that you have pressed the key, and so I know. That and sometimes with a membrane keyboard, I don't know that I miss the key press until I'm, you know, 15 letters later. For significant typing to actually really write, unless I'm just stuck with a little keyboard somewhere, uh, it I, I don't know that I would ever go back to a membrane keyboard. It's so well, much I prefer better. a membrane because the noise is a. But you can, that you're hearing keyboards that mechanical keyboards that have. Um, the, the clicky switch, and they're ones that are completely quiet. They have like the cherry, the cherry MX Brown is very. There's no, there's no click at all. So it would be, it'd be silent. I might try. I it. like the blue. I might check it out. I do like the cherry MX Blue because it's um um or or competitor version of the blue switch. Uh, the cherry MX Red is what the gamers like. It's a little too sensitive for me. I'll, I'll post the link of the brand of keyboard I found that I liked the best that had a very similar um, feel in the layout and the because some of the mechanical keyboards they're trying too hard to emulate that IBM curved keyboard thing and it feels weird if you're going from a, a membrane keyboard. Um, also, this brand I'm going to link you guys to is really reasonably priced for mechanical keyboards. Mechanical keyboards can be hella expensive. I've seen $400 ones. So, uh-uh. um, oh yeah, um, this one I'm linking is um, with if it for for not having a 10 key, this one is great. If you want, they, they have a they have a ten key uh, version with ten keys, but it, the keyboard's nice and flat. It's got very low profile keycaps. This particular keyboard is blue switches, so they do click, um, but it's pretty easy to find other manufacturers that that sell brown switches. But what you're just looking for is you want to f- like look at what type of switch they say they have and um, look to find out and then look up that switch to see if it's a, a switch that clicks or if it's a silent key, if it's a silent press. And, um, and a blue switch is 
a clicky. Blue switch is clicky, at least in this brand. Um, it depends upon switch to switch. Like some switches, it's the white switch that's clicky, and it's it's. I don't know why they couldn't have just picked one color scheme. But in this this style switch, um, it is the blue that is is, and they this particular brand only sells. I think they only sell blue switches, unless you, maybe you go to their website, they might have a brown switch. Um, but mechanical keyboards with a Cherry MX Brown would be a silent. If you're looking for the Cherry MX is the original, the, like the most well-known type of switch, and um, the brown switches would be quiet. I think I think is Cherry MX Red silent too. I think the red switches might be silent too, but they're so sensitive. It's what gamers use, and it's just. Ugh. No. No, 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 no. Uh, red's a linear switch. I will, I will say that I do have a few writing quirks, um, and one of them is my keyboard. I've used the same exact keyboard or the newest version of the same exact keyboard for 10 years. Um, <laughs> I also use only one kind of pen, and... Um, I, ha- I had to switch my pen um, about eight years ago because the pen that I had been using since college got discontinued, and I was so upset I cried. I, I was, like, really upset. It really messed with my OCD. Um, and so, uh, yeah, me and mechanical keyboards probably won't be a thing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So the red is a linear switch. It's a comfort the red is thing, linear I think. Switch. Yeah. yeah. You, well, you have to, when it comes to keyboards, you have to go with what's going to allow you to write. But with the red switch is a linear switch, which means that you have to depress it fully, just like you would a membrane switch, a membrane keyboard. Um, unlike a, you know, a, um, a tactile or clicky switch where you're only having to depress them until they engage and with a clicky switch you get the sound and with the tactile switch you're going to feel it which is what the brown would give you it's not so much a sound as it is a feel under your fingers brown and blue I like both like very much Um, I just found the blue slightly more comfortable so that's the one I and I really like this particular particular keyboard the, the have it the Habit keyboard. The brand is H-A-V-I-T. But I was just, I was, I did not want, I thought I was so against the idea of a mechanical keyboard. I was so predisposed against it that it only took, but it only took one day of typing on it to go, okay, I changed my mind. (laughs) Jesus, this is so much better. My hands don't ache. (laughs) This is so much better. So if, if you are struggling with your hands hurting when you've been at your laptop, um, you know, all day. Um, you might want to try a mechanical keyboard just to see if it helps. Uh, I will say that they are almost all, all the good ones are going to be wired. They are not wireless. There are a couple of Bluetooth um, mechanical keyboards. They are not good in my experience. <laughs> I don't know where that disconnect is because you'd think if you're going to spend $200 for a keyboard that... Um, they should be able to get the Bluetooth working well. Turns out not so much. Anyway, does anybody have any questions about 
about the write-in, about any kind of write-in, or about how things are going to go on Saturday, or et cetera, or et cetera, or anything else, really. Nope, nobody has any questions. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that I've got like six things post in chat all at one time. Um <laughs> Definitely set your Discord membership up and get situated in the channel before the sprint begins. So that way you don't increase the moderation burden. Okay? Yeah. Let's Super important. Solve, let, us, let us troubleshoot problems tomorrow rather than trying to do it on Saturday. Um, and those of you who you are can't. really funky with the fonts, be careful to choose one that we can actually read and if you can, avoid fonts with italics in them because they're not readable on all devices. Yeah. Um, you can, <sighs> uh, Sprinting, probably we won't be sharing in the Sprinting channel. All of you have an excerpt of something you want to share. Like this, this line came out really well. That's fine. Um, if you want to share stuff, you're welcome to um, in the other writing channel. Um, that's completely up to you. If anybody gets like up in your face about something, please let us know because, you know, just because somebody shares something doesn't mean they want you to pick it apart. No, the the sprint the sprint check-in channel is just to get into the sprinter group. Um the check so you you check in one time. It's a one-time thing. Uh, unless you get removed from the group and you want to come back and talk to a moderator. Um, so the check-in is to just get added to the sprinting group, and we will then your 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 name in Discord will turn to green, which means you're you're part of the the cheetahs, and then the check-in is uh, between sprints. So you would you know get there before this, get into the actual sprint channel before the sprint starts, and then the next time you would need to say anything is when the sprint is over. So there'll be ten minutes to talk to each other about how the sprint went. Um, for those who are going to be up at the beginning of the write-in, um, we talked about it yesterday. What we're going to do is that um, Dark Jedi Queen is going to run the first set of sprints, um, and she's going to be online at 6 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, which is 2 p.m. UTC, uh, which is when it starts, and she is going to get things kicked off. The first hour will be getting set up and answering any questions people have about sprinting, getting people added to the sprinting group. The first sprint will actually happen at 7 a.m. Um, Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, which will be 3 p.m. UTC. So everybody has to do their own time zone conversions. But the event 
is in Facebook. So the first sprint will be one hour after the event actually starts. And we're hoping to run sprints the majority of the day, but there may be just times when there's just nobody available to do it. We'll put something in the announcements channel. But we, you know, I may change the name of the sprint check-in channel to sprint sign-up channel or something. Because, yeah, you don't need to go there but one time to get added to the sprinting group. Yeah, sprint sign up might be more on point. Yeah. yeah. But the main point is, is we don't want you chatting in the sprint channel because people who are using um, the sprint channel to time their Every time you chat in the Sprint channel, it's going to ding for them. So you don't want to be a distraction, and that's the whole point behind no chatting during the actual Sprint time. There's going to be a little ding in their headphones. Right. And, every, and the, the, uh, the, the Sprints, the, we, what we decide to do is the Sprints will always be, you know, top of the hour to 20 minutes after the hour and then bottom of the hour to 50 minutes before that I mean, we, there are some people who do 15 minute sprints, but I find that to be just. Actually, I told Dark Jedi Queen that um, my OCD didn't like it. <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes of five minute break. I was like, so you would do it at mm-hmm. 00, your next one would start at 20, and your next sprint would. I was like, no. No. I ain't doing it. <laughs> so. Um, I was like, I just liked it. And I felt like the 20 worked really well. I think five minutes less would have been hard. So it worked. I have heard about five-minute sprints. Um, that just feels like a, mod- like a moderation nightmare is running sprints for five minutes. But to each their own. We might try some experiments with other lengths at some point, but we're starting with the 20-minute thing. But I did change the name of the channel to Sprint Sign Up. Now I have to go find out places, other places where I've referenced that channel. <laughs> <laughs> we are a work in progress. We are. So I've already it had this be a couple of times where I've, changed, where I've changed the name of something, and then people are like, I can't find this thing. I'm like, oh, crap. Because I changed the name of it. But we are in beta, so be chill. Be chill. Yeah. If you run into any problem, just let people know. Um, I, in the announcement channel, it does explain what the different colors mean. Um, so if you're having a problem, look for somebody whose name is appearing in blue or purple and say, help me. If you find that sprinting is not for you, do not force yourself to do it, to participate. Um, there's no need to put that kind of stress on yourself um, just to be part of the group. There are plenty of other channels in, in the server that you can you can chill out on and participate. Um, so don't stress it. We aren't going to judge you. And if you only write 200 words during the sprint, Congratulations. 
That's 200 words you didn't have 20 minutes ago. And if you only write 10, is your hand okay? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Are you you writing my hand? Because it really isn't a, it isn't a competition, and I have seen those kinds of phrases used, like word war or um, writing race, or it's not. It, the only person you're competing with is yourself and trying to get better than you were before you started. Whether that's more words than you came into the write-in with or more words than you wrote in the prior sprint, um, Whatever it is, it's just your only person you're trying to compete with is you. So some people will be able to write close to a thousand words in a sprint, and some people are going to write closer to a hundred. And it, it, it is no competition. It, it really isn't. Oh, what I would also That's say it. is that if you prefer to write longhand, you go right ahead. Um, I would not worry about counting. If you're writing in a notebook, I would. Um, keep track of your progress by the half page. Like I wrote two and a half pages. I wrote two pages because um, I've been into write-ins where writers who prefer to write with pen and paper um, did participate. They just didn't have the same um, accountability that that, that the rest of us did because because they didn't, because you don't want to sit there and count your words if you're writing on paper. That'd be ridiculous. So um, if you do write on paper, feel free to do so and just um, create your own method of accountability. And if you don't ever want to share something, whether it's your word count or what you're working on, nobody has the right to request that of you. And if anybody does ask you and, and they won't take no for an answer, just come let me know. Because no one needs to know what you're working on if you don't want to say. No one needs to know the genre or the fandom or the anything. They don't need to know how many words you got written. It doesn't matter. It's, that's, that's your information to give or to deny. And if anybody has a problem with it, just let me know. Or Kira. No, I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'm more than happy to be the bad guy curb stomp somebody um but uh that sounded a little militant sorry not really um what i would also say is that this is a writing space not a reader space when you're in this space you are a writer and if you are not a writer i'm sorry you don't belong in this space this is not for you there are plenty of reader spaces all over fandom this space yep. isn't for you. Right. Now, you can be a writer who is not actively writing that day. You could be there helping people brainstorm. You could, And honestly, folks, if you want to check into the writing channel to edit your project, you feel free. Because editing yeah. has to be done, and it is a thankless task. <laughs> well, you're a writer every day, even if you're not physically writing. Yep. But don't. But if you're not a writer, participate. Yeah, if you're not a writer, this isn't the right event. It's a write-in. But I just don't want people thinking that they have to actually write something that day to participate. Oh, you yeah. don't. You could yeah. come and just support no. other people. You could edit. You could brainstorm your own idea. You could plot your story for April. There's a there's a, a brainstorming channel. Um, if you need a channel set up. You know, for you, just ping a moderator and say, could you create a chat channel so we could talk about this idea? We'll do that. We don't care. Um, I 
But what we don't do want to see is readers in this channel harassing writers for updates. Yeah. If that happens at all, please let somebody know. Whoever you're most comfortable with, who is purple or blue, just go talk to them and say, I'm getting really bugged. Somebody's really harassing me. And just let let them help you out, okay? That's across the board in our groups on Rough Trade. If someone's giving you a hard time hassling you, let us know. I am 100% not on board with allowing any kind of cyberbullying, and I do consider author harassment a form of cyberbullying. So I do not, I would not allow it. If if I know about it, I'm going to fix it, at least yeah. in the spaces that I can control. And probably in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> also, if any hate speech pops pops up anywhere on the on the server, I would like to know about it or tell Kira or somebody because I'm just not going to have it. Any hate speech, whether it's about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., etc., etc. If someone is in a chat room talking about how Klingons, just kidding, <laughs> are scum just because they're Klingons, you let us know. I could have any kind of that xenophobic crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. People have people are welcome to differing points of view, but there's a difference between having a different point of view on a subject and engaging in hate speech. So, um, I just don't want if people want to be hateful and write about hateful things they can go do it somewhere else <laughs> i i can recommend a yahoo group for you <laughs> i can yes I, I i know one that i'm sure you'll fit right in mhm so we've got we've got just a spot for you if you really feel like that you just need to talk about hateful stuff so um i just or that's, just be that's hateful to me about like, me yeah <laughs> If you're feeling a really particular urge to bash Kira for some bizarre reason, we know right where to send you. We know where your peeps yeah. are. But we want everybody to have fun. This is supposed to be about giving you a, another another avenue to explore your writing. If it helps you with motivation, that's great. If it helps you with inspiration, that's great too. Everything, whatever, however it helps you, that's wonderful. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of people with a lot of different areas of expertise uh, in the group who will be around. So just use it as a as a resource. Have fun. If it's not fun, you don't have to do it. <laughs> if it's not helping, don't do it. So that's it. That's my spiel. I think that's actually really good life advice. If it's not helping, don't do it. Yeah, just just across the board for yourself and for others. If it's not helping, <laughs> exactly, just stop. Um, it's that terrible, it's that terrible joke with the guy with the broken finger who goes in and um, like pokes things, says it hurts when I do this, and the doctor says stop doing that. 
I mean, that's, <laughs> it's, ter- it's a terrible joke, but it's the truth. If it hurts when you do it, don't do it. Um, and writing, it's supposed to in, it's supposed to be enriching, and so this is supposed to be trying to help, which is why if there's any bad behavior that is souring you on the experience, do not feel like a tattletale because if they are if somebody's being inappropriate with you, they're doing it with other people too. So let's speak out. I just don't. Yeah, please speak out. We don't want people like that um, cluttering up our creative space. So. We have quite a few people who write on paper first. Someone mentioned that they like writing on paper. We have quite a few um, handwritten people who write on paper. So you will not be alone. Um, We could even create a channel. Yeah, you can chat by the page. Or if if you want to be a smart ass about it, you can get a ruler and do it by the inch. You can do it Harry Potter style. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, If... We could even create just a chat channel for people who handwrite, you know, who want to talk about what that's like. I don't know. If you guys are if somebody's interested in that, about hooking up with other people who do longhand um, writing, we'd be willing to set that up. If anybody has any special interest uh, to discuss, like in a specific lane about writing, um, you know, pop, pop me or Kira or somebody a note and say, I think this would be interesting and we'll keep it in mind for expanding the kind of channels we have. I'm going to call the ch- the channel that for people who write on paper, stone tablets. You definitely need to do that. <laughs> if you want a hammer and chisel, you go write a fucking head. <laughs> I, my favorite pen is the Z grip flight by zebra. It is my favorite and, pen. And my favorite for writing is the Uniball Power Tank because it is a pressurized refill that you can write at any angle, which is most of my handwriting when I write longhand is done in bed when I'm lying down and the ink flows always. It doesn't ever have – because it's not susceptible to gravity, I can lay on That's my back nice. and take notes and not, not worry about it. So I buy them by, I usually buy three boxes at a time because people steal them. I bet they do. I do like the flow of gel pens, but I guess I just am always in the situation where I'm writing up against a wall or I'm lying down or I'm lying on my side and I have this gravity constriction that, you know, that pesky gravity thing that makes most pens stop working. Yeah, the power tank is really nice for that because, it, the pressurized pen, so astronauts use them in space. Yeah, the space, the Fisher Space Pen um, uses a very similar refill to the. Um, I used to have a Fisher Space Pen, but the the grip got really gummy, and it's so expensive. Um, that I was just super disillusioned, and that's when I found the the Uniball Power Tank uh, replaced the Fisher Space Pen in my drawer. That's been $100 on my Fisher Space Pen. I was unimpressed when that grip turned into goo. Because who wants their little squishy grip to just get all sticky and gross? 
mine was hot rod red too. It was really nice, but it was just sad what happened to it. Oh, they have a whole bunch of new ones though. Maybe they got rid of the one with that stupid squishy grip. Yeah, you, you definitely got to create that stone tablet um, chat <laughs> for those who want to do it the long way. It's very retro. I can think of at least four people that we have in the group that I know always write on paper first. We've only got about five minutes left. Did anybody else? I don't. Anybody else have any questions about Saturday? Um, good luck with everybody who is. Um, okay, I think Kira, Kira had to step out. Um, good luck to everybody who's doing Evil Author Day tomorrow. Um, I will, by the end of the day, grab all the links everybody's put up over on the workshop. There is a post. On the workshop, for those of you who are participating in, in Evil Author Day who did not see the announcement in the writer's table, there is a post. I believe I put it under the newsstand. That sounds about right. Uh, there's a post of the newsstand to allow you to put your links to your Evil Author Day posts or you know wherever it is, whether it's on AO3 or on your site. Leave it there. At the end of the day, I will collect all of those links, and I will put them on Kira's, a post on Kira's Evil Author Day community to give more, um, a little bit more uh, visibility to those to everybody, and I also put them up on my own site, linking out to everybody else. So, <laughs> no, the write-in is on Saturday. Um, well, it's starting for the people in Australia. It's barely starting on Saturday. Um, Evil Author Day is tomorrow. The write-in is the day after. So, um, well, it's, it is after midnight for some people. It is not after midnight um, yet for me, so it still feels like today for me. Sorry. Yeah, the 15th is Evil Author Day, which is why uh, some people, yeah, so it's starting, um, yeah, for for our our very crispy fried red turtle, um, it's starting on Sunday at 3 a.m. <laughs> I hope you'll be sleeping. Uh, but for for people in the U.S. and in the U.K. and in anything um, before about UTC plus eight, I think. Yeah, U- UTC plus ten. If your time zone is before UTC plus ten, it starts the right write in is on Saturday. Anything after UTC plus ten. It will be on Sunday. But yeah, 15th is um, Evil Author Day. The 16th-ish, maybe 17th, depending upon your geography, is the write-in. Check the calendar on the event calendar on Facebook. It should tell you what the start time is in your time zone. See if I missed any questions. Yeah, I think a lot of people do brainstorm and outline on paper, and then they switch over to the computer for writing. 
But there are definitely um, a fair number of people who do all, all their writing in notebooks and transfer it over. Um, and whatever works for you is great. You should feel free to come to the write-in, whatever type of writing you do. We have a couple people who will be writing on their phones. So um, even the people writing longhand will be faster than that. <laughs> I can't write. I cannot write neatly fast. I can write fast. But neat is sacrificed and to, the, to the degree that I can't even read it. So when I can't even figure out what I was trying to say, it is often a, um, an ex, sort of an exercise in futility. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing that. Um, just as another thing, we've got like a, probably like a minute and a half left. If you really enjoy the sprints um, and you would like to be able to set up writing sprints for you and maybe people in your own personal writing circle on our server, get in touch with one of the moderators throughout the day. We, do, we are creating a moderator role that is just about running sprints. So if that really gels for you and you really like it, I think a lot of people will. We want to be able to create opportunities for people to do it more often uh, so check with um, anybody who's purple or green about the opportunity to maybe run some sprints that work for your schedule um, on, you know, on days that are not for the write-in. So, and maybe even run some sprints during the write-in if everybody else is busy. So there will be opportunities to do that. So Kira is still trying to get back in. Yeah, not green, sorry. Blue and purple are the admin and moderator colors. Green is the sprinters. Um, I think that's it. Kira is not uh, going to make it back in before the end of the podcast, and I assume time is running out. So I'm going to say goodnight, everyone. We will see you tomorrow for Evil Author Day, the day after for the write-in. Hope you all are well. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.